Hello and welcome to episode one of the Blethered podcast. Let's get started. Gran, what button is it I need to press to start the music again? Alright, got it. Cheers. first episode of what is essentially me talking to people that I like and find quite interesting. Um, first up was Chris McQueer. We sat down, had a bit of a chat. Um, everybody already knows who Chris is. He's obviously shot the local and national fame as a result of his two successful books, Hings and HWFG. And I say most people already know the story of his seemingly overnight success, but I was still quite keen to sit down with him and just have a bit of a chat really. Um, this is my first attempt at a podcast, so apologies if it's not up to the highest standard, which I'm pretty aware it's not, but it'll get better as the weeks go on, and uh, there are genuinely some interesting guests um, who are waiting to come on, which I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to them as well. Hope you enjoy. Cheers for coming, mate. Thanks for having oh, me. Top push with me. <laughs> um, so, for anybody that doesn't know, in the introduction, I've kind of explained, but tell us who you are, please. Hi. Uh, well, I'm Chris McQueer. Um, I'm a writer for the East End. Um, published two books, a short stories, man. And um, just on the last couple of years, my career's kind of took off. And um, I actually, I'm just Chris McQueer, mate. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> so, who will kind of go into? We'll not dwell on it too much because I think everybody's heard it. We'll speak about how things are going now, but mm-hmm. who were you before things were going really well? Aye, man. Um, well, I started writing like three years ago, but um, before I started writing, man, I was, uh, I was working at a sports shop. Worked there for like nine years, I think I was there for, man. Worked in there. I was a part-time crime scene cleaner on the side, so I was doing that. Um I was just kind of fell out of school I just kind of joked about bounced from job to job just fucking not really having a clue as a lot of people do how did you get into crime scene cleaner because I think that sounds quite cool it was class mate it's the best job I've ever had cleaning up murders that was brilliant mate honestly I loved (laughs) it man but um, the company went bust a while ago but I see if it had me mate I'd still be doing it because I fucking loved it man it was just um, my grand I got a job doing it just anywhere I think he got made redundant for his work and I just kind of fell into this job cleaning up crime scenes and I was like, fucking hell, that sounds class grand, I mean. And then he got my ma a job doing it. So my ma got in. I was like, right, then my auntie got in. I was like, right, fuck it, I feel a bit left out here. What do you get as a job cleaning up these crime scenes, man? So then they got me in. It was just fucking brilliant, man. It just became like a pure family business. It was magic, so it was. Is, there, is there any, like, mad crimes or anything that stick out that you could talk about? There's a few, mate. There's a few. Um, a lot of times it wasn't, it wasn't so much crimes. It would maybe just be, like, people that have, like, people that died in the house and they've been, like, left. Right, right. They've They've just stayed herself and they've died in the house. And um, there's one we get called out to. Yeah, I'll perfect timing. I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> I'll probably he heard this. <laughs> <laughs> that was one we, one we get called out to. And um, a guy had died on the toilet pan. <laughs> so he had, and he'd been, been there for like, fucking like a week or something, 10 days. So we go out there and like, his body's been taken away and all that. And we get told, right, just need to like, clean the toilet. Basically, just oh. get rid of everything that's been left behind of this guy. But it was like, 
like holy shit, so like skin in there that'll just oh, like plaster God. to the pan, mate. It was horrible, man. Surely getting but dirty. We get, get told to like just clean the toilet and be like, alright, no bother. So we fucking scrubbed this toilet, mate. It was gleaming, it was spotless, right? And then the guy for the council came in and he was like, Oh, he's there, need to clean it to that extent. And we're like, Well, you need to clean the toilet, mate. And he's like, You only had to clean it enough so the boys for the council would come in and touch it so they could take it away. So it was getting taken <laughs> away, the toilet was getting fucking ripped out. And we had, Oh, mate, you could have had dinner so you could have. So you did that, and then so you're working in the sports shop after that? Working in the sports shop, I um, just fucking got a job in, in the sports shop. Started in there when I was 16, and I just stayed there, mate, up until I was 20. Oh, was I, my life? I was 26 when I left, mate, so I Bloody 10 years, man, I. But like, in between, it was like on and off, you know what I mean? It was like going back to an abusive uh, partner, mate. I just kept leaving and going back. <laughs> so I did, mate. It's like and, me um, and tequila. I've got a busy stuff, mate, but I just keep going back to it. Aye, man. So, so um, again, I'm not dwelling on it too much, mm-hmm. but what then led to you chucking the job? Like, how did that become feasible for you? Aye, man. Um, it was just, I'd always been like a big reader, and then it was there was always like something in the back of my mind that you know, just get you writing a go, just get a go, you know what I mean, so I, I liked reading books, and I was like, oh, fucking, how can I not write one, but I just never done anything with it, and then it was just, like, it was just like one morning, like a light bulb moment, like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to try it, you know what I mean, there's nothing yeah. stopping me, there's nobody, literally nobody can stop me, I can just go and do it if I want, so I just sat down, wrote a short story, um, put it online, get loads of good kind of feedback after it, and I was like, fuck it, that's good, man, and I just, I just kept going, man, that was like three years ago, and I've just wrote ever since, Brilliant. and it just all fucking snowballed, put stuff online, sent stuff away to magazines, then a publisher noticed me, they signed me up, and then the books came out, and then that's it, mate, that's it. Because I think it seems to anybody on the <coughs> outside that it was like a bit of an overnight thing, Aye, like all of a sudden you were just everywhere, Aye, every Aye, paper, man. and I turn on my <laughs> fucking laptop without seeing you, starting to get sick of it. I know, mate. Um, I mean, was it, did you always see it going in that upwards trajectory, or did things kind of just seem to really take off at a certain point? Yeah, it was weird, mate, I'd always kind of, when I started writing, I was like, right, I want to, once I realised this is what I want to do for a living, I was like, right, I'm just going to go for it, but I thought, you know, People that write their whole life, you know what I mean? They can start mm-hmm. writing when they're 15, 16. They don't get published till they're in their 40s, 50s, you know what I mean? So I was, that was kind of in my head. When I started writing, I was like, right, well, for what I do for a living, that's maybe 10, 15 years down the line. Mm-hmm. But um, I was motivated now. I just kept going. I just kept grafting. I was like, well, fucking, what, how, how can I know do it for a living? You know what I mean? I just kept doing it. I just kept going for it. I kept putting myself out there. And um, it just all paid off. And it, it did. It, was just, it felt like overnight, man. Cause it was just one minute putting stories online, the next through Edinburgh signing a book deal and it was just uh, fucking surreal man do you th- oh, I think you've got a big social media following Aye. do you think that's had played a major part in big it? big time man big time man because I already had like a kind of platform to, it was already for me to just, I mm. didn't have to build a platform as a writer it was, just, it was there for just talk shit on Twitter mate. Right. <laughs> like what's what I'm kind of interested in is <clears throat> what kind of other opportunities is that opened up that you can speak about maybe the stuff you can't mention aye man um, just so many mad opportunities mate so the book first book came out and off the back of that it was just getting you know, asked to write like, articles for like, different magazines and websites and that, and that was good and then that just kind of snowballed again and I was asked to write like, plays and stuff like that mm. and I was like fuck it that's just cool man and then now as time goes on, the projects I'm getting asked today get a wee bit bigger and bigger and bigger in scope, which is class, man. So, um, may, may or may not have something 
Excellent. Get on with the BBC, man. May or may not. I can't, can, may not confirm nor deny. That's an exclusive. So if any newspapers <laughs> want to print that, then you have to credit exactly where that came from because I will be monitoring your websites. Uh, you said you wrote a play. Did somebody Aye, in us steal one of your Aye, plays? Aye, man. <laughs> I wrote a play. It was, it was performed earlier this year. And um, it's based on my life. It's basically a, a boy, he's 21, he's meeting his dad for the first time. So his dad was kind of out the picture, right. he was away. And he's meeting up with him for the first time in a pub. So I just wrote a wee kind of play based on that. Um, it's about how, like, the boy and his dad were just so similar. They had the same manners and all that. And just right. talking shit about that. And, um, so that was, had it performed, started this year. And then last week or something, somebody sent me, like, a screenshot for Facebook. Two wee guys. Oh, I'm making a short film. It's, uh, it's about a wee boy meeting his dad for the first time. Boy's called Craig. His dad's called John. And I was like, hold on a minute, man. That's... That's exactly what I wrote. And I was like, what the fuck's happening here, man? Surely not. Like, I'm a, it must be a mad coincidence, man. Messaged them. I was like, hey, boys, what's the script here? Like, what did they say? What's happening here? Because we're saying that they were like, um, oh, we, we've, we've written this fucking play and we're going to... Yeah, we've, we've written this as a short film. We're going to get it recorded and we're going to send it to film festivals and that. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, what's the script here, man? This is, I wrote this. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. It was for college. For college gave us the script. And I was at the college last year doing a kind of creative writing course and I'd wrote that play and submitted it. Mm-hmm. So it was a fucking lecture. I was just like dishing out my work saying to you guys, oh, go and make it. Uh, Chris right. won't mind. I was about to suggest <laughs> that in order to establish who's got control over this, it should aye. just be a square go. It should be, mate, aye. So if I was going to sit between you and the wee guys because I thought the wee, guys are, the wee guys were being so bold to be like, fuck this guy. I know, man. Like, what's the best thing if you need to take that lecture of the square I go? I know, man. What's... Aye, me, I'm done, man. It's all good. Well, so obviously there's opportunities, but mm-hmm. you seem to be making pals with some cool people. Who's the Aye, sort of coolest pal you've made? Coolest pal is probably um, Martin Compton. He's that's quite cool. That's quite cool, mate. Have yeah, you met him? Met him once, mate. It's fucking just surreal, mate. It's Martin Compton, mate. Aye, I mean, I <laughs> and I saw him yeah. tweeting about the book, and I thought that's Aye. quite that's quite mad. I wish I'd wrote a book. <laughs> you should, mate. It's fucking easy, man. Aye. But, um, Aye, I think Martin Compton. He followed me on. I was. I just tweeted one day. I was like, "Can does anybody know Martin Copston? Can anybody get my book to him?" Aye. And he just replied to it. He said, "Oh, I'll buy it. I'll just buy it off Amazon." I was like, "No way, man!" And then he read it, and he was like, "That's brilliant." Like, oh, did you get Did you see he gave it to Alvin Welsh? I gave a copy to Alvin Welsh, but um, no, I held it back for him, uh, man. So fuck. I met him in, uh, in Barcelona, but I was just a just stuttering fan because <laughs> I it's like was. God, I, I was. I was <laughs> starstruck, and it was aye. just after Trainspot and Tours came out. Mm-hmm. He was a really nice guy. He kind of asked me a couple of polite questions and I just kept stuttering. And aye. That's <laughs> not my sentences, but um, aye, he was cool. Went to a Q&A. He's a funny guy. Aye, he's pure switched on. Massive or not? He's pure tall. I wasn't aye, he is, aye. He was aye, huge. I felt like I'm not really, I'm hardly massive, but I felt aye. like a pure wee guy besides aye, him. Man. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to kind of, kind of move on to another thing mm. I want to talk about. Now, mm-hmm. If you could just briefly, you wrote something on Medium. Aye. about what you call the three-pint glow. Aye. Can you summarise that for <laughs> Aye, me, please? Man. Basically, man, I wrote this wee thing about... Just a wee, I just wanted to write a wee article about my relationship with Bevy. Cause it's no, it's no like, pure cousin's problems out, but I think it's no, it's no the healthiest relationship. But one of the things I like, what, I'm, what I like the most about drinking and that is it's what I've called the three-pint glow, and it's how I feel after I've had three pints, and it's just I'm like the best version of myself, do you know what I mean? Aye. Like you're just relaxed, you're confident, man. You're just you'll talk to anybody. You're fucking cracking jokes. You're no shy. I'm like, fuck it. I wish I could be that guy all the time. 
But then you think to yourself, that's not really healthy, is it? You know what I mean? That's you using the bevy to turn you into somebody else. Uh, it's no you, man. It's just it's, it's weird, man. I've, I've got a weird relationship <clears> with booze where I enjoy it, I like it at mm-hmm. the time. Although the, the past year, I've had to kind of force it down my neck. Mm. But I think that's by habit because for that must have been about booze and solids for about 10 years. Aye. Sound like George Best, but you know what I mean? Like every weekend. I know. And man. it's kind of got to the point where I'm like, right, well, you can't go out without drinking. Mm. And then what's happened steady over the past year, I found that like on a sun, like for, for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, even up to Wednesday, I'm like this subdued version of myself. Aye, like mate, aye. Brains at 10% mm. capacity. Aye, like, aye, mate. Have you gone any time? Just booze free, like giving it up. I think I done two thousand and two thousand sixteen. I think I think I went like four months without touching a drop. I what, felt I felt amazing, mate. That's what what I, was it like mentally or physically or both? Both, mate. I just magic because you don't. It's when I get really with the bad hangovers, it's like I don't know. It's like you've used up all your fucking serotonin the night before. Uh, it's just it's uh, a way, mate, and you just uh, wake up and you feel horrible, mate. You're proper depressed. You're miserable. Your face is trapping you. It's just horrible, mate. And then that last that was lasting for a couple of days. Before you get back back to normal, man, it's horrible. Man. Did you feel more creative when you're off it? Like, how does it Aye, how man. does it slow you down? Aye, man, with the hangovers, not when you're off the bevy. I don't know. You just you get some kind of mental clarity, mate. It's just amazing. Right. Just, but I get this weird thing when it's like if I go longer than seven days or eight days without drinking, I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh fuck, that's how oh. you're meant to feel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure. Like, I kind of realise that after seven eight days and not drinking, I'm like. Aye. I have not realised it, but I have got used to feeling like I've ran a fucking marathon. Aye, man. <laughs> like, my body's just constantly shattered and, like, sore. I know, man. There was a lassie, do you know who I'm speaking about? This is terrible that I've not done this research, but a lassie who you follow on Twitter. Oh, Emily, aye. Emily, aye, aye, She kind of made a really good point about I when you're... I mind when she said that. Aye, aye, when aye. you're drinking. What was it that you're... When you drink... It's, you're, like, a, it's like an emotional credit aye. system, and you're kind of... If you imagine... You've just got your kind of base level, like your energy, your happiness, or whatever. And when you're drinking, what you're doing is you're borrowing like energy for the next day. Almost mm-hmm. you're borrowing energy and happiness for the next day. So you're in positive balance, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're tanning, tanning all the bevy. It's gone dun dun dun. Then you wake up the next day. You're in a minus. You've used up your energy, your happiness. You've got to pay that back with, with interest. Almost, do you know what I mean? Aye. It's kind of. It's, Quite abstract way of putting it, but it makes sense, man. It's like I think it does because it kind of comes back to people like I. I've never had. Real, I've been fortunate not to have any major issues. For me, it's just been Aye. there was a time in my life when I felt as if life was a bit mundane. Mm-hmm. Nothing was happening. I was working to fucking like. I felt as if I was existing to work. Mm-hmm. And then a Friday and a Saturday would come, and it's this escapism. My release. It is a release Aye. where you're removing yourself from this mundanity of normal mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Um, there's music there's people everybody's buzzing aye, aye. but fucking Sunday comes and then it's Sunday Monday Tuesday like a pure aye. zombie aye, man. can I motivate myself <laughs> can I think I'm just like this is horrendous I can't aye. wait till Friday to go back out again aye. and then it's this a horrible cycle a horrible, yeah, a horrible cycle to get in there's, um, I was quite surprised with a lot of people that get in touch kind of telling their similar stories where it just mm-hmm. became this vicious cycle that you couldn't get out of and mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to achieve by I was actually just mentioning it I was kind of just thought it went through my head and I think it touched either touched a nerve or it resonated with a lot of people mm-hmm. but I think that I don't know I don't have the answer I'm not claiming to have the answers or, but I just feel we should maybe talk maybe say to your pal if he's having a, a shocker um, 
if, he, if he's saying about feeling terrible, maybe don't get aye. steaming then. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. And not a passion. It's so simple, doesn't it? I mean, aye, it's not like a pat in the head, like, well, we'll get pure mad about it and you won't, but it's aye. like, maybe that's also making it worse because the amount of suicide you hear about, there's something's going on. Like, why? Yes, why? Do you, do you have any thoughts as to why it's. Ha- ha- I feel as if every couple of days we hear about some young guy who's killed himself. I know, mate. I don't know what the script is. It's horrible, mate. It's really quite. Scary, do you know what I mean? It is. And it's, I don't know, mate. I don't I have no idea what the script is. It's obviously something in what society, I don't know, whatever this kind of system is we are living in that seems to be affecting people, whether it's stress, everybody's fucking stressed out with their work and that, uh, everybody's feeling it. Um, then obviously, drink drugs culture plays a part as well. And then I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's just we as young Scottish guys, we don't really know how to deal with that, we don't know how to channel that, we don't know how to talk to each other about it. And aye. It's one thing for what, like you're saying, people saying, you know, the NHS have been telling us that, but we don't fucking listen to what the NHS says, <laughs> mate. We listen to what other guys like us saying. It takes, it's going to take somebody like us to, to get through it to people, do you know what I mean? Because I can only speak from my experience, and again, I'm, this has been, so what's the date today? It's the 10th, so I've been 11 days without boozing. I'm saying that as if like I'm a, a pure Buddhist monk, but <laughs> that's if I rack my brains, that's probably the longest in about a year or a year and a half because mm-hmm. every week it's just you, you go out it's Friday, Saturday oh, you're yeah. out, and I've kind of been like after 11 days being like fucking hell the difference <laughs> in my mind like I, I feel a lot cheerier a lot more relaxed I don't mm-hmm. feel as anxious mm-hmm. um, I feel like drinking drugs is a major part a lot of people speaking about gambling oh, aye, aye. getting caught in a bit of a hole I know, man. and it's how do you get that I don't know I don't have the answer <laughs> but I feel I don't know I feel like maybe Suggesting the conversation might, That's it. Aye. even if it just prompts one or two people just to, I don't know, to make a change or to sort of consider things. Aye, just reach out to your mate. Aye, try and think. Go, think if one of your pals or one of your family's struggling with things, if you just there's just wee signs, you know what I mean? Wee things, wee signs that just something isn't quite right. Just aye. try and talk to them. You know what I mean? And try and get them to open up and don't just say, "Oh, well, let's go for a pint or let's go aye, to the tune, let's go to dancing, let's fucking take your mind off it. That's not going to work. You need to." I think that's what I'll, I've always I done. It's always been, let's go for a night out and just take our mind off it and not realise on your. I know. Yeah. You're making it worse. I know, man. Anyway, on that cheery note, I'd like to <laughs> kind of come back to in about five years' time. What would be your ideal scenario in terms of what you're doing, working, or what's your ideal circumstance? Aye, man. Um, dream scenario would be. I look at. I'm always quite kind of reserved. I don't really talk about what fucking big plans and that but when I look at what's happened over the last two years and that I think well I should be fucking thinking bigger do you know what I mean I think it can happen so obviously I've done that's two books in two years I've done so over the next five years the new I'm writing a novel um, it's going to be a bigger in scope than anything I've written so yeah. far um, so get that get that finished hopefully get that published and all get that out and then um, after that I just want to get right into like writing for the telly writing for the telly um, maybe try and do a bit of theatre write some more plays and that you know what I mean something a bit different um, but my ultimate goal is to like see you go down the kind of career path see guys like Charlie Brooker and guys like Jordan Peele they've uh, went for like doing what I'm doing like kind of daft kind of comedies and that and now you know Charlie Brooker does Black Mirror which is mm-hmm. fucking darkest weirdest best programme uh, on the telly Jordan Peele's went for doing sketches and that to just get out one of the best films of the last couple of years and it's that's the kind of path I like to go down, you know what I mean? Starting off with comedy and then, you know, moving down into doing some weirder stuff, darker stuff, more dramatic stuff. 
just seeing what else I can do, man. So ultimate goal would be to like, write a film, write and direct a film. That's do for the next. Do you see it being in the? No, I don't want to lazily just put you in that bracket. But Aye. would it be sort of surrealism like the Irving Welsh, or, or do you see yourself developing a kind of your own style? As I don't you know, man. I don't know because that's the thing that I do get kind of uh, kind of lumped in Irving Welsh quite a lot, and obviously that's. That's brilliant, I'm really chuffed with that, know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's something else, man, he's my hero. But at the same time, I feel like maybe people, do people just do that because we're both Scottish writers. And both write sort of colloquially. Well, I mean, like, aye. Aye. So I think, but really, if you read more stuff, it is, it is quite different. So I don't know, I would like to kind of get away from the kind of comparisons to other people and just try and forge a wee path in my own. Aye, man, that's, that's the plan. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, in terms of your novel, like, are you able to divulge anything about that? Uh, aye, it's going to be about fucking it's about the end of the world, man. But um, let's say after the end of the world, set in Glasgow, it's about a wee guy who's like um, kind of mid twenties, wee kind of weird looking, but um, he's kind of like hiding out in like a motorway gantry, like he's kind of mm-hmm. like um, big signage above the motorway. He's like hiding out in there because I read a thing, read a thing online that said there's like a password to get in all these gantries. It's the same when everyone in Scotland. My mate was telling us about, about it. And I was like, oh, I bet it's fucking 1690. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's no, it's the other one. It's 1888. Is the oh, really? fucking four digit passcode to get into all these gantries. So to get into anyone? Aye, man. So if there's sure. a spate of bacon, <laughs> you know who to blame. I know, man. <laughs> so, um, but my mate told me, I just, I just feel like that image of like a wee guy just like breaking into like a motorway gantry. So I was like, fuck all in it. You know what I mean? It's just uh-huh. like a big empty thing. <laughs> but then I was like, right, imagine like end of the world, kind of hiding out in one of them. So it's about him. But then he's, it's basically it's set in a gantry that's, on the, on the M8 just at uh, Cran Hill see the big mm. flats aye, aye. set at the one there and um, he's out in his wee gantry one night and he looks at it and he sees like, a light goes on in the high flats and it's fucking it's another character from my books Big Angie so it's, and, um, so she's another survivor so they fucking become pally and then that's, just, that's as far as I've got mate <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> see how it goes mate the end of the world in Glasgow see what happens I'm kind of I'm just jumping about here but I'm just speaking kind of as it comes to mind aye man do you see yourself well first thing I want to ask is how did you like say when this kind of started or when you started mm-hmm. writing did you have a, like a vision or an idea of this is what I'd like to get or even you know that way you kind of fantasise and Aye, have man. images Aye. what was the image that you had in your head when you started that kind of really getting into the writing Aye man see when I, when I started writing the kind of image I had in my head it was quite it was a kind of like romantic notion of being a writer where it's like a fucking just like pure struggling by for like years and years and years imagine myself like pure 10 years of rejection like <laughs> getting nowhere and then just boom 10 years for now fucking million pound book deal or whatever do you know what I mean that was what I had in my head that was like pure fairy tale stuff do you know what I mean like something you read in a book or something man but that's not how it works you know what I mean <laughs> if you want to know so I mean is it correct in saying that you were your publishers at 404? Aye, man, that's him. When you started <coughs> with them, were they also just starting out? Aye, that's it, man, aye. So, so it was just, we were all just starting out, just... Winging it? Aye, man, that was it. Do you exactly think you, it, man. Would you, are, are you happy, I mean, obviously you've got to say this, or maybe you've got to <laughs> just kind of agree with me here, but are you happy that maybe they didn't have any boundaries set or parameters and you kind of just went, like, did they just give you kind of free rent to go aye, basically, man, aye, I think, I think that's why it, it kind of worked so well, with, because, like like I said, I was just starting it, they were just starting it, we were, just, we were all just making mistakes and just like, having a laugh, just getting mm-hmm. this book published, but because, at the time, I was the only book they were publishing, so it was just, like, 100% on me, whereas mm-hmm. if I was with a bigger publisher, you just get kind of lost in amongst the other uh-huh. writers, you know what I mean, uh-huh. other bigger authors, you know what I mean, you're just a wee fucking side project. Whereas before four, I was like main priority, main and that, was, that was classmate. Aye. They certainly market you well. Aye, man, they're fucking good at that. Uh, so 
couple of questions that people have asked. Nice. Uh, one I'd like to ask is Taps off Tam on Twitter. Tam Lennox. <laughs> He's got two questions. Right he wants to know your first story. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, your favourite story that you've written. Favourite story that I've written, man. Uh, one for uh, Hings. It was the last story in Hings. It was called The Budgie. It's about this real guy. And he's got like a pet budgie after his little wife died. He's got kind of lonely. He's got this wee pet budgie. But um, just down at 11 room one morning, and he looks in the budgie's cage, and its wings have fell off. And it's just, it's got these two wee like human arms. <laughs> so it has. And he's like, what the fuck, man? What's the matter with my budgie? And then the budgie's like, it's like signaling for a pen and paper. It's like doing that. And he gives him it, and the budgie's like just writing shit down. It's like talking to him, man. And the budgie like convinces him that. Because uh, the guy has been like putting like newspaper at the bottom of the budgie's cage, the budgie's like, ah, like I know what about horse racing, like <laughs> going with throw your pension, we'll go to the bookies, take me away, yeah. I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing with horses. So they go to the bookies, fucking cunt loses everything, man. But just just this budgie with human arms is ruining this cunt's life. That was just I had fucking great fun writing that, mate. Oh, <laughs> I loved the one. The one I really, really, really laughed at loud. It was um, the guy that gets he wants the pyramids tattooed on. <laughs> And then, what is it? He ends up ends up with Ford's with Ford's <laughs> Did that not end up? Is that how you ended up getting the advertising thing with the Forge? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'd like to think that played some part. Right. Just my pal uh, does the kind of advertising stuff at Capital, and he just said, "I think he was just looking for a voice for an advert." And he said, "Do you want to come in and we'll just record an advert? It's for the Forge." So fucking, I want to be the voice of the Forge, That's man. Hilarious. <laughs> what? And then you had tenants as well. How did that come about? Done some tenants stuff. I know that was good. Um, I think it just came about for like tweeting about tenants, mate. I was just really? known as like a fan of tenants. Uh, Why they were rare things, rare occasions where like, Love of the Bevy came good, mate. Uh, <laughs> and, um, what, what was it you did for them? Uh, I just, uh, I just, I'd been tweeting like how much I like tenants, basically, in the hope they would send me like some free cans or whatever. And um, then all of a sudden they like followed me on Twitter. And then a guy for their marketing team got in touch with me. He was like, right, it's the Fringe Festival coming up. We want to do something. Like, do you fancy coming through Edinburghs? And we'll get you to like do a spelling competition with like tourists at the fringe man. And we'll just like we'll get you to like ask them like how to spell like daft Scottish words, man. I was like, fuck I man, obviously I'll do that. I just went through man, just had a laugh, just getting tourists to spell daft words, man, like glick it and all that and mad Americans, man. It was fucking great fun, man. And then <laughs> what what's been the most recent thing you've done? Was it a thing with the BBC social? I made social um it turned one of my, my stories into like a wee cartoon. It was quite cool, man. Uh, done that and then they done just a wee kind of like a wee video about my kind of life story my journey into writing and all that my journey mm-hmm. mate X-Factor yeah. <laughs> done that and um, that was class man it was just fucking just these mad opportunities man I just say I everything so I said earlier just say I everything man what's the worst that, what's, what's the worst that can happen so obviously you sound or you are very confident um, and a lot of belief in yourself but is there anything that frightens you or that, that you feel holds you back that you would like to maybe change or shake off aye there's a, a, a few things man but um, like right at the start it was obviously it was just the fear of like putting, putting myself out there and just having people on the internet fucking judging you and telling aye. you that your shit's no funny or your stories are shite or whatever that was a fucking big fear but um, I kind of go to all that when I was just putting my stories online on Twitter for people to read but then when the book came out it was like oh fuck man I'm going to get like bad reviews obviously mm-hmm. that's that comes with the territory man like can I handle some some cunt for like the Guardian or something just ripping me apart do you know what I mean I so that was that was a big big fear man but I just fucking I just don't read reviews man I don't want like press <laughs> on like painful aye, wins right but aye. what's the worst review you've had some of the Amazon ones are quite cutting man <laughs> um, 
because they're just funny, you know what I mean? It's just cunts that just obviously didn't like it, which is fine, you know what I mean? There's been yeah. books that I've just not liked that they worded it quite funny. So, one woman, she's like, one star, not for me, but Neds will love it. Neds will love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that though, like, why say, like, not for me, one star? Well, you've kind of already acknowledged that it just isn't it's it for you, me, like, you can't be for everybody. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel any better, I'm, pre- I'm prepared to get absolutely slaughtered off strangers for this, right. like, we're still getting fucking paid for it. Like, I'm getting that, and I'm just really waking up to, like, abuse, like, fucking hate your voice hate this guy can't stand him I'm like alright essentially I actually paid money to get these, this abuse man oh, so mate. it could always be worse I mean it's fucking it's part and parcel of the internet isn't it? it's just right. there's always we cunts that it's don't like what you're doing but shite bags congregation place I, I say like, the, the people thing, that man. get the widest don't ever have their identity aye mate that's, fucking, that's exactly that's a good way of putting it actually aye um, so I, I would take that with a fucking pinch of salt like, no bother, mate. I, see, I see you get wifi in your mouth spare room is there any way you go over that though like, is, it, is it just a case of ignoring it just don't read it I think with, with reviews and that it's easy to ignore you just don't read your reviews because mm. bad reviews obviously they put you in a fucking bad mood but good reviews as well it just inflates your ego and I don't know mate just, it's better off just no reading it do you know what I mean what other people what, what critics and that think of my writing it's really none of my business do you know what I mean what they are writing these reviews for is for readers to, do you know what I mean it's like kind of book recommendations it's none of, nothing nothing to do with me I don't need to read it so I just don't does anybody ever say to you by the way have you seen what this guy said about you or this guy reviewed or do people tend to leave it they tend to leave it aye um, I make a point like saying like my man and like my girlfriend like if you see it and bad about me just don't fucking send me it I don't want to know aye it's nae no, no good doesn't help anybody so, so I'm no one, no one in the business of fucking like try to fight with cunts on aye. Twitter if they give me a bad review or whatever that's just daft up like, to I mean, just die because it reminds me of when Frankie Boyle talks about I think Frankie Boyle made a joke where the guy for the speaking clock died have you heard this? no <laughs> so the guy for the speaking clock died <laughs> and Frankie Boyle said he died after a series of small strokes or after the third stroke or something like that fuck's sake so a journalist got in touch with him and said I'm going to phone his family and tell them what you said <laughs> what do you think like have you got anything to say and he's like no because you are the one that's telling them no right. and then he said which is the golden line if I was to project a porn movie onto the side of a primary school you would arrest me not Ron Jeremy <laughs> so it's like okay, uh, it's like you know <laughs> <laughs> offence by offence by proxy aye, so aye. that's probably better just not telling you aye, man. what do you think so overall it's it's fair to say you've been quite successful and it seems as if it's going to keep going up and up what do you think has been the main components and contributors to like that success uh, I think like compared to like a lot of other writers what I'm what I do that maybe they don't do is like I just it's like self-promotion man it's just like at the start I was a wee bit kind of shy about it because you're like you're asking people to pay money for something that you've right. made which I don't know I felt like a bit already but then I thought right well if I want to do this for a living if I want to keep writing books if I want to get an online published I need to fucking sell them you know what I mean right. so I need these guys to sell them for you so I just had to brass neck it and just find like, funny ways of doing it funny ways of asking people to buy my books and that and um, just kind of getting all that kind of shyness about asking people to pay money for something because um, it just make it good then they won't mind it they won't mind paying right. that money do you know what I mean but um, and as well as that it's just fucking graft mate just people like even in my own family they're like oh he's a fucking writer now he's just life a luxury and all that but it's no man I'm up fucking oils mate just stressed at my box right. like 
taking on all sorts of projects, man. Deadlines mounting up. Like, I'm doing what I love, but at the same time, it's like, fuck me, man. I'm a huge fry to this. It's, it's fucking, it's great fun, but it is, it's quite stressful. And I don't, people don't really understand how stressful it is because it's no, mm-hmm. it's no seen as like a real job, do you know what I mean? But I'm still fucking, I'm going heavy grey, mate. So I'm going grey. I'm starting grey, man. Stressful. Aye, man. Good fun, but mate. Good do you fun. find. How is it for chasing people up to pay you? Because sometimes it's fucking murder, mate. Aye. People aye. take the piss. Aye, mate, it's fucking murder, mate. Because I don't know, mate. It's as if we'll say to you, like, we'll give you X amount for writing this thing. I'll go right, neighbour, here's the thing. And they're like, alright, cheers. Now you don't hear it in back about the money. Mm-hmm. You're like, chase it up, you sent invoices. Oh, I will get that to you. It's like two months down the line. Like, Where the fuck's my money? Do you know what I mean? And you feel like you're. Inconvenience in uh, them. Aye, even though you've done the work. Oh, mate, it's murder. Have you seen Straight Outta Compton? <laughs> no, mate, no. There's a scene where Ice Cube is raging about not getting royalties he's due or right. something like that, and he goes in with a baseball bat and just smashes up the office, so maybe you should take Class, that approach. Mate. I will, mate. I'll back you up. I'll say it with Cheers, self-defence. Aye, man. We'll take Big Frank for Twitter, mate. You'll you'll, 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 you'll be good for us. Glasgow's hardest man after me and you. <laughs> Betty someday will want to come and challenge me to smash my head in there because oh, I said yeah. I was Glasgow's hardest man. <laughs> that was a joke, obviously. <laughs> see, yeah. if, see, I'm into wee guys. See, whenever I tweet something like that, like I'm in, fuck yeah, I'm in the dancing for anyone's Leonard. <laughs> see, the amount of cunts, just, mad, just be a raging guys in my DMs, like, oh, you think you're hard? I'm uh, going uh, up to Fife and I'll show you a hard man. <laughs> I, I need bother, mate. Two seconds. <laughs> I'm going to green up and see how hard you're I need bother, mate. I'll get the express <laughs> night bust in. When I tweet and say that my wife's left me, (laughs) sometimes if I like say it in Spanish, because I think it's in my mind it's funny that somebody just sees what is essentially gibberish to them. They click translate and it says, "Oh, I'm having such a great time. I've been out every night this week. My wife left me." And then people then message me like, "I didn't realise you were married." I'm like, "I'm not." My (laughs) mum's asked me to stop saying it because people ask her like, "What's happened to Sean? Split up with his wife?" And she's like, "He's." He's not married, like he's an idiot shop. <laughs> I think it's only funny in my mind, but that is funny. I think it gets funnier the more you tweet it. I know. Keep it going, mate. Keep it going. Aye. Is there anything else you can any you want to cover, anything you want to promote, or is? Hey, I don't actually have anything much no. coming up, man. There you go. Failed. You had it here, but your first failed writer. Your first one dried up. I know, man. You'll be on Mars. <laughs> back at DW Sports before you know. I know, it. mate. <laughs> right, thanks very much for coming on. I'm no. sure hopefully you'll be back on again if I don't get um, hounded off it. <laughs> oh, thanks a million, sure enough. I can really enjoyed this, mate. Cheers, mate. Magic. Always a pleasure, mate. If you made it to the end, fair play to you. Thanks for listening. Uh, a big thanks to Chris for agreeing to come on. Um, he absolutely carried me the whole time spoke very well and I thought he was funny and it was generally good patter I want to say a thanks to Stephen Arbuckle for a wee bit of early advice on how to get set up and for Stevie Din for constant support as well when I was trying to navigate what is pretty much simple technology but for a simpleton like myself it wasn't that simple so it's much appreciated uh, if you did enjoy the chat then feel free to let anybody know that you think might enjoy it Um I would say leave a review, but I don't really think I'm I'm that bothered. Just don't say anything shitey. Cheers, see you next time.